0: Hey everybody and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein. Happy Pride Month and also a happy belated Juneteenth, which was on Friday. Uh, we should all be taking some time out of each and every one of our days to reflect and uh, realize as far as we've come as a country, uh, we still have a long way to go in both areas, but we are seeing movement uh, both on uh, racial injustice and also on LGBTQIA rights as well. So um, really happy to be alive in the time that we are. Obviously, you know, it's there's a struggle every day. There's there's tough and terrible things that are going on, but there's also glimmers of hope like the uh, the recent Supreme Court ruling for uh, LGBTQ. Uh, people being uh, treated the exact same as anyone else when it comes to discrimination that was a big step forward for the Supreme Court and honestly a huge surprise for many because uh, the current administration has been trying to put so many conservative judges on the Supreme Court and even though they did that they still were able to rule in favor of good. And uh, along with that, too, uh, for, I guess, for Juneteenth, I just read an article this morning that Colorado just signed a huge police reform bill. Uh, The governor just signed that uh, is a million billion times better than the bill that was signed by our president. This bill says in following that uh, it will require all local and state police officers to wear body cameras by 2023. Uh, I don't know why it's not immediately, but I'm sure there's, you know, there's reasons behind that. That body camera footage must be made public. That chokeholds are prohibited. Shooting at fleeing suspects is prohibited. Deadly force can only be used if a person's life is in imminent danger. Police must report every instance in which they stop someone who they suspect of a crime and they must include that person's race, gender, and ethnicity. Police must report other officers for wrongdoing. And officers can be held personally liable for damages up to $25,000 if they are found guilty of violating an individual's civil rights that is huge even just that last one is huge because that essentially wipes out uh what is it uh immunity they have uh, police immunity, and uh, so in most cases they they can't be tried. And this is essentially taking that back, along with a couple of other great ones in there too, such as the uh, police must report other officers for wrongdoing. I know we constantly see instances where officers later will say, "Hey, you know, someone discouraged me from sharing this," or or yada yada yada. Uh, it'll be nice to see, hopefully, some good changes coming. So uh, I am both hopeful and understanding that there is still a long road ahead. But I'm glad to see that uh, progress is improving, uh, both, again, for our uh, for our communities of color and also for our communities that uh, aren't exactly, uh, I don't know what the exact word would be, gender-specific, I guess you could say, gender-fluid, the LGBTQIA community. Uh, I, I still remember, honestly, it's, it's funny, I, I used to not follow politics very much, but I remember being so happy when the Supreme Court ruled uh, that, uh, that any, anyone could get married, that basically that, uh, any, any gay person could get married. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Cause I think it came around at the same time as a couple of other big issues were going on. And it was so out of the blue. I, I hadn't been following it, but, um, I was just so happy to see it. And I, I knew from that day, I was like, okay, things are slowly getting better. It takes, it certainly takes America a very long time to catch up and i like i said i am hopeful that they will i just know that it takes time and obviously takes perseverance so for any of you out there that i've been working really hard to push these things forward whether that's through pro- protesting or writing to your senators or voting thank you for doing that i'm doing the exact same i'm doing my best to push these things forward my wife and i actually voted uh just a week ago in uh, the election here what's nice is uh, colorado has all mail-in ballots so We were able to just mail it or fill it all out. It came in the mail and then drop it in the box. So just another shout out to make sure you're registered to vote and make sure that you do vote because uh, it seems like a lot of states are starting to try and restrict and suppress voting right now, which is, uh, again, not surprising, par for the course. But with that said, uh, we are going to dive right into our topic for today. So I, uh, mm, what what was that? Mmm come again? Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, it's Jaws. Oh, guys, I am so excited to talk about Jaws uh jaws is a movie that is near and dear to my heart and if i didn't say it at the intro i have a special treat and i don't i don't know if you want to call it a treat but i watched all the jaws movies (laughs) i said i I couldn't decide whether i wanted to or not but i decided to make it an event so uh, my wife and i actually watched jaws 2 on tuesday and then her and I also watched Jaws 3D on Wednesday night. And then on Thursday, I watched Jaws The Revenge. I didn't want to make her watch that. Uh, that movie is not good. And then on Friday night, my brother and my cousin came over and we wa- We all watched Jaws in celebration of Jaws' 45th anniversary, which is this weekend. Uh, technically, it's on Saturday, but uh, when it's an anniversary like this, you can celebrate all year long. So it doesn't matter when you're watching it, I would just say, just watch the the first jaws but uh, yeah so I watched all four we're gonna dive into it I actually took notes on the th- the final three jaws movies because I knew if I would didn't do that that I wouldn't be able to pay attention and I would probably fall asleep and that is um, that is a something that I do not say often about movies but I know my strengths I know my weaknesses and uh, movies between like the 60s and 80s for me those movies if they aren't good, I like them because they put me to sleep. They they're so the, the way the camera is, the, the lighting, that time period, I just fall asleep. And so, especially with these Jaws movies, I know when I watched them in the past, I did. So I was like, I got to find a way to stay awake. And, and surprisingly, I did without any problems. But um, we're going to get to some problems when we get to the Jaws, of the Revenge. But we will talk about these movies in order. So without further ado, Jaws 1975 came out June 20th of 1975. Again, that's the 45th year anniversary and this movie is rated PG, but uh, I would probably, if it was today, I would probably give it a PG-13 rating. It's certainly scary, uh, but there's a, there's some nudity in the movie that I would definitely get it a PG-13 rating for today. And uh, obviously a lot of blood and gore, although it is technically with an animatronic shark. But, um, but no, beyond that, this movie is incredible. There is... Um, there's few complaints to be had with Jaws. And I'll point out a couple. I mean, the, the first and biggest complaint, and this is something that is a complaint for all of the Jaws movies, is it is it is almost an entire white cast. And that's something where, you know, when I was younger, I may not have noticed it, but when I was watching these now, it's, it's readily apparent uh, to the point where Uh, the jaws 2 there aren't no black people or any person of color in the movies and then in the other ones they're are more token characters and they they all die they all get eaten by sharks so um, there's definitely an issue of representation in these movies but it was 1975 and and again that was something that hollywood struggled with for a really long time and still struggles with today Um, so with that aside uh, the movie is phenomenal it's it is a master class movie in suspense it's one of the first and may be the first uh, blockbuster movie and it, it just surrounds an amazing topic that it fascinates the human mind and that's that idea of the fear of the unknown of you know what lies beneath and I'm you know not to quote other movies but it's 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 about a shark, and for those of you who haven't seen this movie, I I would be surprised because this again is a very popular movie. A lot of people have seen it, uh, but I am going to be doing kind of a, a recap of all these films. So if you haven't seen it, spoilers ahead. Though honestly, with these movies, you kind of know what the spoilers are, right? It's Jaws. So uh, the movie starts out at uh, it's, it takes place on Amity Island, which is they don't exactly say where, but it is basically an island off the east coast, somewhere close to like Manhattan not Manhattan but like New York New Jersey ish area and uh, it's uh, it follows a police chief the uh, the police local sheriff who is played by uh, Roy Schneider and his name he goes by Brody but um, his name is yeah it just goes by Brody I think his first name is Martin they don't ever really say Martin they only just call him Brody or Chiefy And uh, it also has Robert Shaw as Quint. He is the uh, expert fisherman or a shark hunter, I guess you could say. You got Richard Dreyfuss as Hooper, who is the biological expert. He comes in to analyze the sharks. So he's like a scientist. And then there's also Lorraine Gary, who plays Ellen Brody, uh, the chief's wife. And then another important character in here is Murray Hamilton, who plays Mayor Vaughn. And we will get to him in a minute. But um, the the interesting piece, Roy Schneider, or Brody and his wife, they're new to the island. They came from New York in the city and uh, he's the sheriff in the town and the movie starts out with a group of kids having fun on the beach at night there's drinking there's skinny dipping and this girl goes skinny dipping in the water and jaws gets her and that's it's probably honestly one of the best movie openings of all time because you've got the soundtrack the uh, john williams absolutely kills the soundtrack to the point where he won an oscar for it uh, and actually, for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, Jaws won three Oscars and it was nominated for four. It won for Best Sound, which is totally warranted. the the ocean sounds, the explosions, it's it's very good. And also best film editing, which is also true, definitely deserved. It, it's a great, really well edited movie for 1975. And then also for best music for best original dramatic score by john williams you can't go anywhere these days without here i mean you probably won't but um that it's it's two uh what do they always say it's like it's two lines anytime anyone says that you'd go oh it's jaws instant instant recognition that it's jaws which is so cool and uh something that he'll be known for i mean shoot he did indiana jones he did star wars but Jaws is, is up there for him for sure. And it was also obviously nominated for Best Picture as well, but it did not win. Um, so Jaws is uh, – they the girl gets eaten. She gets torn apart, torn to pieces. And the next morning, she shows up on the on the shore and the police chief, Brody, finds her. He's, he's pointed out to her. And at this point, they go, you know what? We got to close the – we got to close the beaches down. Logical decision, right? And it's funny – uh, this week too, someone had wrote a think piece. I didn't read it, but it was essentially with the it was either with the filmmakers or someone associated with Jaws. But they were talking about how it was a really interesting parallel to what's going on right now in America with the coronavirus, how um, businesses are really screaming to open. And Because they're losing money and the mayors, the governors of those cities are in in some cases bowing to those whims and allowing the places to be open when maybe they shouldn't be because cases are still continuing to rise. It's crazy to me that that sort of topic would also translate through a Jaws movie. Like, I, I, Looking at it beforehand, you would have never looked at those sort of parallels because, again, that sort of thing hasn't happened since Jaws came out really. But you've got a mayor, the mayor, and uh, along with a couple of cronies, says, uh, you know, hey, maybe we're being a little hasty on this. Are, are you sure that it was a shark attack? And he's like, yeah, that's what we put down in the report. And one of the cronies is like, I actually think it was a boat accident. He's like, you told me that it was a shark. He goes, yeah, but I don't think I was thinking clearly. And, you know, total total uh, swamp-type behavior and uh, they said, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna keep the beach open. And you know what is the chief gonna do about it? He so what does he do? He stays at the beach and he just sits there and watches. And there are beachgoers there. And again, the the mayor's explaining to him next weekend or or in a couple of days. It's Fourth of July. Which is also, you know, appropriate because it's about to be Fourth of July now. But there's Fourth of July. This is when the island makes money. Basically, like you may not understand that because you're an outsider. You you came from the city. You may not get island life. But this is where we make our money. This is where we make our money for the year. And if you close these beaches down, we're gonna lose it all. And he's, you know, when we're all thinking like you're a complete idiot, and uh, and of course, almost almost, uh, comically, literally within like the next five minutes, someone gets eaten and, uh, they're all freaking out. Everyone on the beach is freaking out and the mayor's like, I don't, you know, oh my goodness, I don't know what, what we're going to do about it. And so, um, you know, it was a young a young kid gets eaten. And it's during this time too. This is where you're getting a lot of those really suspenseful underwater shots. And I, I really thought about it this time because I've seen this movie a lot. I, I can't count the amount of times I've seen it. Uh, when I was younger, when I lived in Texas, my family, we, we had this movie on VHS. We had a two, <laughs> this is about to say a two disc, but it would have been a two VHS box set of jaws it was like a special edition and we we wore that thing out to the point where uh one summer uh, on the back of our house my dad he would put a, uh, a white sheet a big white sheet on the side of the house and we would project movies onto it because we had a pool in the backyard so we would we would swim around in the pool and watch it and we did this movie one night uh one summer night and not only was it amazing it was terrifying like sitting <laughs> sitting in a pool uh not being able to see what's underneath you it's just that that idea that you don't know what's there and i i almost wonder and i, I could have sworn i saw something about this that um, this movie was bad for, for beach business for a while that a lot of people were afraid to go in the water because of this movie. But at the same time, this movie isn't telling anybody anything they don't know. Obviously the shark that's in these films, the sharks that are in this these films are hyper exaggerated, right? It's not, it's very rare that you're gonna get a shark the size of Jaws that has a vendetta against specific people, which is, you know, categorically isn't true, right? Science will tell you that sharks don't pick, and the people in the movies say that as well, but they do it jaws does and not only that but that they um you know they're gonna they're gonna keep attacking people for the most part sharks are i mean they'll they'll attack people there's no question about that but it's not like they're trying to right like they're just animals They, they have an animal brain that you can't tell them not to do it they're not gonna listen they're just animals um But it's, it's there. The threat is there. If you're out in the water at dusk, at dawn, during feeding times, making noise, flapping your hands around, paddling like an injured seal, there's a chance you're going to get attacked by a shark if one is there. And, uh, that, I mean, I already had that fear anyway, but it it was to the point where whenever we would go like on vacation to, um, like the beach, this movie, I would always think about this movie, but when you're in the water, all I would have to think like in my head, I would, I would tell myself, Technically, you don't know what's out in the ocean. You can't see what's out in the ocean, and immediately I'd be like, "All right, I'm going back to the shore." Like that's all it would take for me to turn around and leave. Like you, you really can't. You especially if you're out kind of in deeper water. Like how do you know there isn't a shark underneath you? Like oh my god, I couldn't do it. I could. Oh, I'm, I'm getting the chills right now. And that's what makes this movie so good. And it's also why it makes this movie so much better than the other three movies is because this is a phenomenon it's not a like a sustained issue you can be afraid of something and if 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 especially the way that they do it in the in the future films you can't keep mining that same fear like there's only one way to look at this fear which is that you don't know what's in the water a shark can eat you That's all it is, and to make a movie about that is brilliant, but to continue to try and make movies off that same premise, you're not going to yield the same results as you would on that first time, because again, all it takes is one time to get scared. Like You don't need to be told twice. I know that sharks are dangerous, and so the way that they make it in this, everyone, almost everybody is completely oblivious. There's a great scene after that where um, Brody's back at his house with his wife, and his son is playing in a boat right right off the shore right on their dock and he's like hey hey get off of there get off of there and get get back inside and the mom's like oh honey like just just let him play he's not even in the water and and while they were talking about this Brody was reading a book about sharks and that's what again another brilliant piece about this film he's flipping through an actual book talking about sharks and and then the camera will will cut to the actual pages showing a shark eating somebody or a shark breaking into the side of a boat. Things that were written in actual books that come to pass in the film. And are are prophesized by just looking at an actual book. Like there's no faking it. It's real stuff. So he's telling him that and he hands she's she's now holding that book, and she just casually like flips to a page in the book, and in that page is the page where the shark busts through the boat, and she's like, Michael, get off that boat right now. And it was I we both we all laughed at that scene because it's like she was like, Yo oh, no, it's fine, and then she saw, oh no, it actually isn't fine. He could get attacked. And so it's just people, it's the same, the same exact Thing with the coronavirus, right? And that's what it's so funny about it is. And I'm certainly not going to try and make this whole conversation about it, but like, you've got people who are afraid of the water, or uh, you know, wearing masks, and then there's people who aren't wearing masks, and the people who aren't afraid to be in the water. And you see, those are the ones who are getting eaten. The people who are being dumb, who aren't following science or or mandates or what are, what is being told about for us to do. They're the ones that are getting eaten, and it's so it's so simple. I mean, the, the how what the the premise of this movie like it's not like there is a murderer that's stalking people and following them into their houses like strangers and that movie's a nightmare but like the you just don't go in the water like that's the, this movie should only be a 10 minute movie it should be oh there was a shark attack all right no one go in the water we'll starve the shark out because and and they say they bring in they bring in the biologist and he was explaining you know great whites are very or he just says at that point the shark is very territorial and uh so you know that's the easiest way to stop this is pull everyone out of the water take away his food source and he'll leave but is that what happens no because you have people who want to go out in public and people who want to go do the same thing that they were always doing because it's easier for them than learning something new it's easier than being told what to do than following the rules they want to do that and because of that the shark continues to stay. The coronavirus continues to stay. It's it's crazy how this is the exact same thing. The solution is so simple: stay home, stay away from the water. But uh, people don't like following that. So, uh, so this guy comes in and they call him. And at this point, they're figuring out: okay, what can we do? Let's hunt the shark. And so then a a ton every Tom Dick and Harry on Amity Island goes out in the water and uh is fishing trying to catch sharks and they're all being idiots some of them there's there's two guys that try uh just putting a chunk of uh, pork roast off of a pier and jaws eats it but then pulls the pier off and drags them into the water they get off safe but it's just like you guys are crazy but so by the end of that someone actually catches a tiger shark and this is Again, the parallels are nuts. Someone catches a tiger shark and the mayor goes, awesome, we did it. Now we can reopen the beach. And the biologist, Richard Dreyfus is like, I don't think that's a good idea. He's like, yes, you caught a shark, but this isn't the shark. The shark's bite radius is so much smaller. We're dealing with a much bigger shark. He's like, let's just cut this guy open. And then we'll, you know, we'll look at him and see what's inside him because they have a digestion track of 24 hours. We'll see if there's a kid in there. And they do. They cut him open and there's nothing. But the mayor doesn't care. And that's the same as saying, hey, you know, our the, you know, the the cases in the county have dropped. It's time to go back to normal. Maybe they just dropped for that one day or maybe that, you know, it's because there's more testing, whatever the case may be. Again, it's just crazy. These parallels, they're crazy. So July 4th rolls around and what happens? But no, and no one, this is, no one's going in the water. And the mayor goes up to one of his cronies who's sitting on the beach. He's like, why are you not in the water? And he's like, well, we're just kind of enjoying the beach. He goes, get in the water. He's like, go get in the water. And so he makes him go in the water. That guy goes in. Everyone follows. Everyone's splashing around. Boom, shark attack. Easy peasy. Uh, It happens quick. The mayor's losing his mind, doesn't know what to do. And at this point, Brody has it absolutely up to here with him. Because earlier in the show, Quint comes in, Robert Shaw. And he says, hey, they they basically, they put out a reward, $3,000 to catch the shark, and he goes, "Hey, I, I tell you, based on what based on what I've seen, Chiefy, three thousand dollars isn't going to get you the shark. Three thousand, I'll find you the shark. But for ten thousand, I'll bring that shark into you." And they're like, eh, "I don't know about that. That's kind of pricey." And um, and obviously it's funny. I, I don't I can't quote his quotes, but I can quote the uh, the impersonation of him from Master of Disguise because we watched that movie so much. Sunday, to uh go in though it's uh it's just so good but he so at this time the the mayor's like i don't know what to do and, and brody's like i know what you can do do you have a pen and he's like yeah he goes here sign this so we can have quint hunt the shark and he's like seriously you need to sign he basically makes him sign this and so after a little him and han uh brody quint and hooper go out on on his boat to go hunt the shark and uh, they're out on this old dingy, and we, um, you know, they're, they're starting to do things. They're doing some chumming. He's got a really big uh, fishing rod, and um, we get to a spot where uh, one of the famous scenes, where Brody is tossing chum in the water, and the shark comes up, and it's absolutely huge. And what's great, again, with this movie, beside instead of the others is that they use the shark so sparingly in this film there's only a few scenes until the end uh, where you're actually seeing the shark most of the time it's from his perspective where it's a camera underwater or you're seeing him further out in the distance you know writhing with somebody there's a great one where he where he eats that kid the kid's on a raft and you just see the shark kind of comes from below but the camera comes from below but then you see the shark like flip the kid so all you really see is sort of the body of the shark it almost i swear to god it looks real it looks like a real shark but it isn't but it was great it's so so realistic and so that at this point we start to see the shark and at this point you're like that's a really big shark but you can kind of tell that it's fake and again i bet you you couldn't in 1975 absolutely no way you'd be able to tell But um, he comes in and he says, what's the, guys, what's the famous line that Brody says when he comes in, huh? We're going to need a bigger boat. That is actually not the line that he says. This is, this is one of those oft misquoted um, uh, lines, kind of like Luke, I am your father. That's, you know, that's not the line. It's no, I am your father. In this one, it's not, we need a bigger boat. It's you're going to need a bigger boat. And he goes, you're going to need a bigger boat. And then, um, you know, he, he says it a couple times, you're going to need a bigger boat, right? And he's like, they won't go get a bigger boat, but a hundred percent, they need a bigger boat because everything they use to try and bring the shark in is just doesn't work. It's just, the, the shark's got to be like 30, 35 feet, I think is what he says. And, um, but then they, you know, the shark ends up eventually busting through the boat, ripping people to shreds. It kills Quinn. And by the end, the boat is sinking, at this point and it's it's you know he's hanging on by a thread all that's left is brody hooper decided to go down in a shark cage and got knocked out and is literally hiding underwater from the shark so we don't know where he is exactly but brody is hanging onto the top of the mast with a gun he threw a um like a gas canister something you would use for scuba diving inside the shark's mouth and it's sitting there in his mouth it's that big he shoots the gas canister and blows the shark to smithereens. He says, "Smile, you son of a bitch!" Boom! F- shoots him, explodes into a beautiful firework of blood and guts in the water. You get to see his severed body sink down to the bottom with a giant piece of bone sticking out of his uh, out of his neck. You're like, "Oh man, this shark is dead." And then one of the things that is like it's cool, but it also bugs me is is one of these is one of the movies that it just ends. So uh, Hooper pops up out of the water, and they kind of get reunited. Great to see you, and then they start swimming back to shore. They're probably like honestly, they're probably a couple of miles from shore, maybe a mile or two, um, and that's it. They paddle to shore, and the credits start running. And I'm like, well, well but you know what happened? There is no justice for the mayor in terms of like, I wanted to see the mayor get his comeuppance, I wanted to see him get destroyed, and he doesn't, he doesn't, and, and I'm really annoyed by it, but hey, like I said, there's very, very few complaints besides that with this movie, it is the perfect summer blockbuster, it is a fantastic film, it's, it's a great film if you like sharks, if you like swimming, water, ocean, um, and then also if you want to see kind of some uh, just a really good suspense movie. Just a lot, of, a lot of great stuff there and a lot of good horror for the time. Again, I uh, was worried about going in the water for sure after seeing this the first few times. But now I can just appreciate it as a great movie even though I am still really scared of the water. All right, Chiefy, We're going to move on to Jaws 2. Uh, Jaws 2 is a uh, – so Jaws 1 came out in 1975. Two years later came Jaws 2 which uh, is different, uh, and I'm checking real quick. It looks like different, uh, yeah, different director, obviously. Spielberg wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. Uh, if you guys didn't know, Steven Spielberg directed Jaws. But uh, Jaws 2 is directed by Jeannot Swark, uh, but both were written by, or it's based on characters by Peter Benchley from the first one. So no, completely different people. The only thing that's the same is Roy Schneider lorraine gray or gary and murray hamilton are all rep- rep- reprise excuse me their roles so um that's brody brody's wife and the mayor and do we get to see justice for the mayor in this one nope no we don't this movie is um basically a second shark shows up terrorizing the water and uh this is i mean I I can't even express to you that it's like it's essentially and I watched it first and that's I'm glad I did I'm glad I got through all three of the uh, the bad ones before I watched the amazing one I would recommend the same to you guys and hey I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best to recap these so you don't have to watch them but I would say if you're gonna watch any of them I would just do Jaws 2 and Jaws 3. Uh, and the reason for Jaws 3, we'll, we'll get to when we get to it, but for Jaws 2, uh, same intro, it opens up the exact same way underwater, but it actually felt a little bit like Creature from the Black Lagoon because uh, there's just some scuba divers in it now that are scuba diving, and then boom, they get attacked, they get killed, and um, and then we we flash forward to, again, this is late 70s, all of the kids that are in this, and this, this one definitely focuses more on the teenagers, or or I guess they're teenagers, like high school students, whatever they are, they look terrible. They look absolutely terrible. These are the like, I just can't imagine having grown up during that time. If any of my listeners grew up during the late seventies, I I bet you, I hope you can relate. If not, I apologize. I'm I, you know I'm a young man, but uh, but boy, were their outfits terrible. Their haircuts were terrible. Uh, and again, zero representation in this film, which was was a nightmare for me. It just it felt, it felt, did not feel like it reflected the current world that we live in, but it certainly felt like Jersey Shore, uh, and that's kind of what they kept talking about, was Jersey Shore. So now we're following their kids, including the mayor's kid, who I'm calling, who I called in my notes, Larry the Loser, because he is a slime bag. He seems like a Brett Kavanaugh kind of guy, uh, along with a lot of the other characters in here. But... Uh, then there, you know, we get to a spot where it's on the we're on the beach again in the water. There's a girl who's jet skiing, or she's she's being pulled by a boat on a ski, and she's just on the ski, and a shark attacks and kills them both. And at this point, we uh, we don't even they don't even notice. They get reported as missing, and the chief is like, hmm, you know, that's just interesting. But then also the next day. So how can we connect that? Because we can't do the exact same thing as we did in Jaws where someone shows up on the beach. It would be too similar. What do we do? We have an orca whale show up on the beach that has a giant chunk of its body taken out by a shark bite and oh my so that's how they do it oh okay and brody says "Yup, it's a shark easy he sees it he gets really shaky and nervous next scene he's in his office dripping cyanide onto bullets that he then seals with candle wax as if he's he says he's making uh like cyanide bullets for the shark insane to me i was like okay cool i guess maybe that was a thing back then all right and uh but then he turns into the chief who cried shark is what what i wrote down here as well um at this point we get right back to where we were in the first jaws he is patrolling the uh he's watching from a like a like a a nest like a hawkeye nest a a mast in the ocean and the mayor is showing some new prospective uh people who are going to move to the town the beach And they're like, who is this guy? And the mayor's like, you have got to be kidding me. What is he doing up there? And he's like, I'm looking for sharks. Are you, you know, we're not going to let this happen again. And then he becomes the mayor who cried shark because he cries shark and asks everyone to get out of the water and then starts firing his gun into the water, all at what he thinks is a shark. And like a teenager who's next to him is like, dude, it's just, it was just a school of fish. And everyone's like, "Man, you're crazy!" But then it turns out there actually is a shark. And uh, but then at this point, he gets he gets uh, gaslit by uh, by the mayor and all of his cronies because the police are actually they recover the camera from the scuba divers at the beginning of the film, and on a photo that is recovered, is a you can make out the photo of a shark. And he tries to show this to them, and they're like, "I don't see anything." And he's like, "Are you kidding me? It's right here. It's right in front of your eyes. There's a shark." And they're like, "I don't believe you." So what do they do instead? They fire him, and uh, so he gets fired. He starts drinking, and then at this point, we follow his son. So his son Mike, who's grown up now, leaves the house, sneaks out, and him and some friends, along with his younger brother, who makes him sneak out with him, um, they uh, they go out on the boat. They go sailing. And of course, they, you know, they get stuck in this area and the shark starts attacking and eating some of them. And uh, again, all of them are there, including the mayor's son, Larry, the loser. There's also a guy I've got here named Dumb Eddie, uh, who is also super dumb. And uh, so the shark flips all of the boats. Every single boat gets flipped by the sharks. And at this point, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, the chief better get his job back because clearly there's a shark problem and he's trying to solve it and um yeah i have another note here picked a great diverse cast of white people because all of these people are just absolutely like they're i don't know they were obnoxious they were absolutely obnoxious and um i was kind of hoping most of them would die but they didn't none of them got eaten a couple a couple of the kids did but then i've got here i was like mike got grabbed but it wasn't mike it was another kid who got grabbed and uh, at the very end i've got one note here fried shark this is the only cool part of this film Uh, At the very end, what is the solution to killing the shark? Because at this point, this shark already has, he has like war scars on the front of him. Like he has uh, these like blood and red and black scratches on the side of his face almost as if he was the shark from Jaws, but that doesn't make sense because that shark got blown up, literally blown up. To me, that's the sign of a bad sequel, and uh, and it is one. So, So this shark, how do we beat it? Well, we find out that the the island that they're all trapped right next to has a, a live wire line running underneath the island to power the island with electricity. And uh, so he's literally – whole. Uh, Brody is holding up this giant wire and he's like, come on, you son of a bitch. And the, the shark jumps at him to eat him. He ducks and the shark bites on this live wire and gets electrocuted he's literally biting through this live wire and just and that part was really cool he's getting like fried and zapped and then he explodes and i'm like awesome can't wait to see this exact same shark in the third movie and, and figure out that he didn't actually explode twice in a row like it remind this shark is up there with michael myers with freddy jason he just can't be killed and it no more apparent than in this film but uh, now we are gonna, Chiefy, we're gonna dive into uh, Jaws 3D. So my final thoughts on Jaws 2, it was an admirable attempt at trying to create a cohesive story uh, uh, and like a follow through. The, the, to focus on the story of the man who cried Shark, I think that was, it would have been an interesting take. But to again have no, like the movie ends after that. So we do not get to see him get his job back. We do not get to see the mayor get you know reamed for this or or you know messed up for it. He's not. He get everyone gets away with it. It's like a, it's like they're trying to wrap it up in a nice neat bow, and it doesn't work. But if it's a bad movie, it does work. You can you can forget about it. But if you were really trying to be a, a good movie, they would have tried a little harder for sure. So that's Jaws two. And uh, now we're going to move on to Jaws 3D. So this came out in 1983, which would have been five years later, man. If I had the audacity to make another shark movie five years after a pretty poor movie to begin with, like, these are, these were, guys were brave. It's an all-new all new cast. Joe Alves is the director. But what I was saying earlier, Dennis Quaid is in this movie. Dennis Quaid plays Mike Brody, even more grown up. And now uh, this movie is the, the diversity in this movie is more. There is more. The So this movie takes place at SeaWorld. And the um, kind of like the owner, I guess, of SeaWorld, his uh, his name is Calvin Bouchard. Uh, he is played by Louis, Louis Gossett Jr., And so it's nice to see definitely some diversity now, like it made so much more sense in this film. And again, this film wasn't terrible. And I, I, after seeing it now and paying attention, I'm struggling with whether I like it more or less than Jaws 2. I feel like they're right there at the same sort of mediocre. But it was cool to see Dennis Quaid super young. And uh, to see that he's basically the exact same. And so when you watch this movie, I think you'll kind of understand how he got into acting or how he made his way into acting because he's just got the swagger about him that is present in all the movies that he's in. But it's cool to see that he's had it for so long. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of cool. Leah Thompson is in this movie, the mom from uh, Back to the Future uh, in, in the past. And she she was pretty good as well. And then Bess Armstrong is also in this movie as Mike's uh, girlfriend. And she I'm looking here to see if she's been in anything that any of you may recognize. Maybe uh, I maybe not really. It says that the, she, her she's known for Jaws 3D, High Road to China, My So-Called Life, and The Four Seasons. And I haven't seen any of them except Jaws. So we'll see. I don't know. When I saw her, I was just like she looked she looks familiar. But um, this movie's got a 27 on Metacritic score, and they're not—they're not wrong at all. So, Jaws 3D. Boy, is it 3D, and boy, is that 3D bad. Uh, I documented it in my notes every time they tried to do a 3D something or other. So for this movie, I'm I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the... Because this movie is only an hour and 34 minutes or something. Um, I can sum it up in five minutes. Uh, Dennis Quaid, Mike Brody, he works at SeaWorld with his girlfriend, Catherine Morgan. Catherine is the head biologist who feeds the animals, understands them, studies them, Uh, Mike works on the cages and he works on the infrastructure so this sea world is built right by the ocean uh, and and within this a piece of the integrity uh, is fails and a shark gets in and uh, they find out I'm trying to remember how I'm I'm sure it'll be in here but they, they find out basically and we get to a, a piece, and I'll touch on it here, but that, that's essentially the story, is they're at Sea World, and a shark gets in, so definitely different than the other two Jaws, for sure, in terms of its its concept, but then it just turns into the exact same, so here's what I've got, I've got, oh my god, 3D fish head, at the very beginning, we open up with that same Jaws, sort of underwater thing, and there's a fish that gets eaten, and the fish head starts coming out the screen, Ooh, and that's it, that's literally it, and then yeah, I've got notes on here, Mom, Back to the Future, that was cool to see um sea world before sea world i think this was right around when sea world came out Uh, i'm gonna have to google it because i don't even think does sea world exist anymore we're gonna have to we're gonna double check and it looks like maybe it does uh opened oh yeah okay march 21st 1964 so um so yeah they they must have gotten some money from this for sure to to let them use sea world's name and likeness and all that but then we've got a 3d arm uh yeah, there was a guy who's trying to seal the gate after the integrity failed. A shark eats him, and his arm comes at the camera. Whoa! And then 3D water uh, reed. Oh, a water reed. Yeah, they're like they're like on the side of the of the, the bay, and there's a bunch of plants and this water reed like just comes at you. It's so dumb. Um, his okay. So they, they explain this really quickly, which again doesn't make sense. His parents moved to Colorado. As in Brody and his wife moved to Colorado, which doesn't track with Jaws the Revenge. We'll get there. But they moved to Colorado and he is he gets a call. He's gonna go to Venezuela. He's been called to a job there. And so she's like, oh, I don't know if I can go, but I wanna go, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Um Death of a Kid on an inflatable raft. Wow. Uh, i don't even remember this maybe this was this was a kid that was maybe trying to sneak in i don't know but then at this point they start investigating and they find the shark but they get saved by dolphins oh that's great that's cool but then we get to the meat of this conversation for this movie this is the only interesting thing about this film is there is a anti-conservation message in it and i don't know if they were trying to make it that way but listen to this and tell me what you think so they know there's a shark They've acknowledged there's a shark and this is the best part. Everyone agrees there's a problem. So so the the main players who are now dealing with this are Mike and Catherine, the girl, boyfriend and girlfriend, but then also um, Calvin Bouchard, who is like the owner of SeaWorld, but also Philip or er, Philippe Fitzroyce, who's like this Australian philanthropist photographer. And I guess he made all of his money from some whaling thing or some whatever it is everyone th- he's like famous or so it doesn't make sense but so they're all he goes and and meets with uh with lewis gossett with with calvin and he's like hey we have a problem brody says this and there's he's like what is it and they're like there's a shark in the park and he's like oh oh no and so they all, all they all go out to meet there's never like a, oh you're lying they 100 percent all agree that there is a shark So good. We're past the part of non-believing. Awesome. Next step is what are we going to do about it? So uh, Philip Fitzroyce and Calvin agree – and Mike Brody obviously agree they need to kill the shark because they don't want to, you know, they don't want it to mess up the park. And Philip says, "Hey, this could be a really good thing to bring more people in." He goes, "If we kill the shark, we can display it, take some great photos of it, and it'll boost sales." And they're all like, "Yeah, yeah." And I'm thinking, "Yeah, yeah. Kill the shark so that it doesn't kill anybody." Mike knows this more than anybody because he has literally seen people die before his eyes from shark attacks. Well, what happens next? Catherine, the biologist, she says, we shouldn't kill the shark. We should try and safely capture it so that we can study it. What do you think about that? Because I'm trying to wrap my head around this. I can't tell if this movie has an anti-conservation message. You've got the person who is the scientist, supposedly the coolest head, of all four of those heads, the only one who thinks with a scientific mind, not a money mind, but her recommendation is what causes all of the death, right? In a case like this, and again, yes, every life is precious in this, in this regard. The animals are precious. I, I truly believe that. But if you've got a shark, and this is the same with a bear, whatever the thing may be, if you've got an animal that is that dangerous, and especially someone within that group like Mike, who can say, hey, when I was younger, two different occasions, I had a giant shark that terrorized our town and killed multiple people, and we could not capture it, we could not kill it, it wouldn't die, for all we know, this may be the same shark, we need to kill it, because if we don't, more people will die, that's not like a a hypothetical sort of thing it's like you know like the punishment comes after the crime this is a we know it it's a killing machine we should kill it that would be my thought but if we're saying we're going to save it and cause more lives to die which ends up happening then is that an anti-conservation message to say that that person who's suggesting that is actually wrong because in this case she is i don't know it's just it's a really interesting conversation that i honestly don't think they were thinking about at that time uh, just because the way the film is made it doesn't seem like a lot of thought was put into it at all but maybe nowadays looking at it looking back at it just an interesting thing to see it i put down here psychotic that they would keep it the son really wants to put his past behind him um and so they 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 do they they get they catch it and they um and they bring it in and it's like a regular sized shark and we're like okay and so then they start trying to like show it to people and the shark dies it literally dies because it like doesn't get enough water, whatever the case may be, um, it dies. And I'm thinking to myself like, huh? And that's when they reveal that actually wasn't the shark. It's an even bigger shark that's in the park. It's that shark's mom. And it's like, what did I tell you? And so at this point, that shark starts wrecking shop absolutely destroys this park flipping things there's these tubes where people can walk underwater to look at uh the fish and it's like smashing into these tubes And uh, the photo guy I have here, the photo guy that uh, Philip, he's eaten whole. That shark eats him whole. Like it goes right into his, he goes right into his mouth. It's crazy. And uh, what happens is at the very beginning when they're going to catch this shark, uh, that guy Philip, he's got these these grenades that he's going to keep. He's like, I'm bringing grenades just in case. And she's like, no, no weapons, no grenades. It's too dangerous. And so they don't, fine. But he wears them later on when they're looking for the mom. So when she, so when he gets swallowed, this shark then goes after, um, goes after Brody and uh, his girlfriend and all that. And how did they beat this shark? They corner him in one spot underwater, and he like bends this uh, this pipe so where it looks like a hook, and hooks the pipe into so the shark opens his mouth and that guy is still in the shark's mouth so you can see the grenade on his belt he loops his hook around the grenade pulls it they they swim off the shark blows up and it is destroyed and then that's literally the end and then they're saved by the dolphins again the dolphins come and and uh none of them were harmed. That's literally the end of the movie is finding out none of the dolphins were harmed, which is fine. And we get a 3D we get 3D shark guts and we get a 3D dolphin ending. So, like I said, this movie and the last movie I would give 6 out of 10s for. They're okay. If you're a huge fan of jaws, my wife and I both made it through. We didn't fall asleep. It wasn't a huge deal, but they're definitely they're kind of boring, but at the same time, it's it's a shark movie, so you you I was going to say you can't complain too much. You can. They're not that good. So you don't have to watch them. But uh, with that said, we're going to move on to the worst of the bunch, Jaws the Revenge. So in this movie, all of the characters are different except for the mom. So it's the same mom uh, who's played by uh, what is it, Lorraine Gary. Everyone else is different, including Michael Brody who is now not being played by uh, uh, Dennis Quaid, not only that, but she's back on Amity Island. So she I guess she didn't go to uh, Colorado after all. Not only that, Brody is dead. And we don't really even know how Brody is dead, only that I can only assume it was uh, death by contract negotiations because he didn't you know, want to be in this movie. But what, how do we explain it? Well, I'm going to get there. Not only that, we get a treat from my, one of my favorites, Michael Caine and uh, he's in this he does a great job he do- let me say this he does a great job with the material that he has his character is not that interesting but he is i, I love i love michael kane but again new new uh new actor a son uh as the other son as well sean brody who is now living at home and he was in the movie beforehand briefly and I don't even know what he was doing in that movie, but now he is the poli- he's, works for the police department on Amity Island. And the reason we know his dad is dead is there's a photo of his father at the police station. So it's Christmas. Everyone's celebrating. And um, he's a water cop is what I said. I said, of course, he's a cop now. He's a water cop. But... Um, He goes out on his boat to go loosen something. Someone called in a little problem that a piece of a dock or something was stuck to something. And he goes out there. And this is is where, like I said, you can give this movie – you can try and tell me that this movie is good if if you can. Good luck because right now the Metacritic score on this one is 15. It's 15. And it has 39,000 user reviews on IMDb and it is a 3 out of 10. This movie is not good. And it starts out being eh, and then it just goes off the rails. And the, the minute it does is during the shark attack. I'm thinking to myself, wow, we're killing the sun off right away? Yep, we are. He's going to unhook this thing, which I guess we find out the shark purposely did so that it would bring the sun out there. He sticks his arm out to unhook it, and the shark comes out of the water and bites his arm off. And he goes, ah! And then he goes down... <laughs> He goes on the boat and he's like, ah, and like looks at his arm and goes, ah, like he doesn't even freak out right away. And then what does he do? He did. Well, here's what he, he does, right? He, he gets in his boat. He turns his boat on, goes back to the shore tells everyone everyone grabs a gun and kills the shark the movie's over no no what does he do he goes ah he gets up and goes back to lean over the side of the boat almost his entire body over the side of the boat to say help and when he does that the shark bites him and pulls him into the water and he's dead And I have zero sympathy for him because why, oh why, would you ever lean your head over the side of a boat in the first place, but after a shark already showed that it could jump out of the water and bite your arm off? Doesn't make sense. So, son's dead. How does the mom grieve? she uh she well michael comes out to visit and is like hey you know hope everything's okay you know it's not obviously not okay we get a couple flashbacks to the first jaws movie which i know is probably some fan service dear god please come see jaws the revenge we've got pieces of jaws in the movie please um but but she goes that shark is gonna kill our family and he's like what are you talking about she goes that shark killed your father it killed your brother he goes, "The shark didn't kill dad. Dad died of a heart attack." She goes, "Yeah, a heart attack brought on by the shark." And I'm like, "What? Are you that crazy?" She goes, "I never want to see I, I never want to be near the water again. I you guys will never go near the water again, Michael." He's like talking about his job and he works, you know, by the water. "You'll never do your job again." He's like, "Well, I can't do that, mom. You're 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 being crazy." Literally 10 minutes later, she go he goes, "Why don't you come live with us for a while?" And she's like, I don't know if I can do that. And she, he goes, no, you, you should. It'd be a nice change of pace. And I agree, that makes sense. But where do they live? The Bahamas, on an island in the Bahamas. That's how we meet Michael Kane. He's like the pilot in the area who kind of flies them to that island. So she says that she doesn't want to be near the water, but then she goes and lives by the water, which makes sense, right? You know, a shark shouldn't be able to follow you that far down. But wait a minute, maybe it, Can maybe maybe sharks can have vendettas? Maybe sharks can think. I don't know so that's what happens that's literally the rest of this movie and i'm telling you that because again i've seen this movie two times too many i watched it once a long time ago and i remembered a couple of cool bits from it this time honestly i skipped through a lot of it i was like god i remember this long stretches of them waiting for the shark the shark specifically and only wants to eat michael and his mom that's not what a shark does it's not it's just it's so bad and i'm uh I'm looking at this here. I mean there's a scene – I've got it here. There was a scene where after his brother dies that Michael is talking with his wife and he goes, you know, my my brother and I used to – and he just takes off running. Literally full sprint running down the beach. And his wife goes, where are you going? And he goes, nowhere. And I'm like, what? Um, Let's see. uh, After – she starts swimming oh, okay yeah i have here she she said she told the kid not to go in the water and then the next scene she's swimming in the water and i'm like that doesn't make sense but it was a, just a dream and then i've got here oh this person dies and then i have this person didn't die actually the uh shark is back for revenge the son doesn't tell the mom the shark is back why not doesn't make sense and then the shark blows up blows up the exact exact same way as in Jaws one, and what's even crazier, guys, is they almost use the exact. I think they use. I'm. You're hearing it here first. Uh, I'm not going to swear to this in court, but. They use the exact same scene from Jaws. And I know that because I literally watched them back to back. I watched Jaws the Revenge, and then I watched Jaws one night apart. The shark, exact same. It explodes, and then the body floats down in the water, and it's the half body with a piece of bone sticking out of the neck, just like I said for the first one. It's the exact same. That movie is a nightmare. Do not watch it. Uh, If you want to watch it, again, hey, you've been warned. It's definitely worth a watch if you're a fan of Jaws and you want to see the lore behind it. I think it's a movie that you could at least watch once to try and watch to say that you watched it. But other than that, it's not worth your time because, again, this one's even shorter. This movie is an hour and 29 minutes. So it's super short. Again, All four of these movies are all on HBO Max, so they're easily accessible. Also, you know they're they're available. I think they may be available somewhere else, maybe not. But HBO Max is where you're going to find those films. But overall, I I I think it was a good celebration of the uh, the meaning behind Jaws. To watch all of them, I'm glad I did. I will never do it again. Uh, this will be the last time. I, th- I will see. Who knows? Maybe in the future, my kids are going to ask me to watch these, and I'll, I'll tell them, you know, I'm not feeling well. But, um, for jaws itself this will not be the last time i watch it that movie is timeless that movie is amazing and it stands the test of time and that is a testament to the filmmakers to steven spielberg to the acting and to just the realism that they bring into it like the only thing that is crazy about the first jaws movie is how big that shark is that's literally it Everything else is real. It preys on kids and people who are splashing in the water. That's a real thing. It's really hard to kill because it is a giant shark. And uh, once it is killed at the end, the catharsis you get when he blows that shark up is so good. And then it is just tarnished the minute that the next movie starts playing. So those are my thoughts on all of the Jaws movies. Again, I so I, I gave Jaws one a nine out of ten. Uh, I think that movie is incredible. It stands the test of time. Jaws two and three D are both sixes out of tens. They're all right. Uh, they they give you a little more background and 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 let you kind of go back to Amity Island a little bit to to uh, relive some things. But if you can avoid Jaws the Revenge, I give that a four out of ten. That that a four for me is terrible. That is a that is a really 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 bad movie and it, it, it is. It is a stinker through and through. I would rather get attacked by a shark than watch Jaws of The Revenge, um, and preferably a small shark that just leaves a cool scar on me. So for that said, for comics and cinema, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and don't go in the water.